Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big opinions, the panel. Yes, the panel today consists of uh, Patrick McKendry and uh, Andrew Gordy. And uh, we'll start with you, Mr. Gordy. I, I would imagine your ship shape and healthy this morning without any uh, issues after a, a yet another Melbourne Cup day. How did you celebrate it? And um, did you win? Did you have a winner? Well, I've, look, morning, Smithy. Um, look, to answer your first question, I am very hungover this morning, but look, we'll just power through it. Um, you know, nothing nothing coffee and a good egg Benny can't fix, right? Um, did, I, did I win? Look, I have to put my hand up and say, no, I didn't. Um, because honestly, I didn't think Very Elegant could win the race. But as usual, she has gone out and proved everyone wrong. And just what a magic story. Like, from the breeding, the ownership, the training, the riding, like, that is a proper New Zealand Melbourne Cup victory. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. And I just thought, like, I just could not be happier, especially for James McDonald. He is an absolute champion, uh, legitimately one of the best jockeys in the world. Um, he has been through some really tough times in his career. Um, but, man, he, is, he has proved, especially over the last three weeks, uh, just how good he is. Like, I mean, obviously winning, winning the Everest on Nature Strip, he's on a fantastic horse there, obviously, but you've still got to, you've got to get it right because he's a pretty temperamental animal. Um, and James rode him superbly in the Everest. But, man, I, honestly, um, I don't think you need to really be a huge racing fan to appreciate like, what he did on that horse yesterday. He rode her to perfection. And um, I, I don't know about you, Smithy, but I could, I, I could sense like at the top of the straight... Um, that he was in such a good position. He barely moved on her, while all the other favourites, you know, um, Craig Williams on Spanish Mission, Brett Trevelon and Sensevise, they were all starting to work really hard on their horses, and James was as quiet as a church mouse, as they say, and then she just, she was upon them so quickly, and, you know, at the end of it, um, she won by, what, four lengths, and won it like a $2.50 like shot that Incentivise was. Just such a brilliant win, and um, yeah, I'm delighted for everyone connected to the horse today. Oh, I must confess, uh, Pat, I'm not sure if you're a racing man at all. Do you? Uh, did you partake? Uh, are you a, a once a year punter, etc.? Occasionally, Smitty, but I, I try to stay away from the horses because I struggle to be honest. I struggle to uh, pick, pick winners on a rugby pitch. Um, so no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a flutter yesterday. I, I did see the race. Uh, I didn't see it live. I saw the replay. But um, mm. uh, just just reading the analysis afterwards, I guess, um, and obviously delighted for the Kiwi connections, and in particular, as Andrew said, the jockey, uh, James McDonald, um, who has had to come through quite a lot of adversity, uh, and, and the resilience he's shown to to take that on board and to come back um, better, um, I think it's uh, there's a wee lesson there for all of us. Well, Pat, speaking of adversity, uh, news coming through uh, about Carl Heyman at the age of 41, 
um, with early onset dementia and no denying it, he says it's through rugby head knocks. So again, one of these revelations that uh, gets people to sit up and think, doesn't it? Yeah, what a story uh, written by uh, Dylan Cleaser, a friend and a former colleague of mine, um, and probably one of one of New Zealand's best sports journalists, to be honest. Um, an incredible story about Carl Heyman, early onset dementia at the at the age of forty one. Um, very sobering, isn't it? Uh, and when you sort of get into the detail of the story, Sina, he at one point he struggled to remember his son's name. I mean, that really sort of that really hits home. Um, He's the first All Black to uh, to suffer this. Well, he's the first All Black to join the suit against World Rugby. Um, but there's a group of uh, former players suing World Rugby um, because of a failure to to act in the interest of duty of care around this issue. And it's a massive wake up call for for the whole rugby world, I think. Um, and you know, I think some things are going to have to change. He mentioned, well, Dylan mentioned in the story, and so did Carl, how. NFL, which has had its own issues with, with head knocks and, and um, brain trauma injuries. Um, I think the players, that the season is four or five months long, whereas uh, top rugby players play for 10 months a year. And that's just too much, you know, really. When it, when it comes down to it, it's too much. And that's not counting all the training and all the knocks they get in training as well. So, you know, if, if you sort of sit back and think uh, what's happening around the world today is probably rugby's climate crisis to a certain extent um, and something's going to have to change and change pretty quickly. I, I totally agree uh, and as stories like this and revelations like this, I mean here's a bloke uh, who is regarded in his job and his role as uh, perhaps the best in the world. I mean he certainly was paid to, the, to that extent in the Northern Hemisphere uh, on, those, on, on those facts. Uh, so Andrew, w- what have you made of, of all this and what do you expect to come out of it from World Rugby, New Zealand Rugby. Well, they're the people who should be deeply concerned, shouldn't they, um, after reading this this morning. Um, look, it's just, just to go back a little bit, I'm, I'm devastated for Carl, obviously. I mean, 41 years old. 41 years old. That is far, far, far too young to be experiencing uh, anything like this. And it's, it's, it's important, I think, that World Rugby, New Zealand Rugby... Um, it, it, all, all rugby organisations, frankly, around the world um, sit up and take note of this because, um, like you said, it's, it's abundantly clear that he's, he's you know, developed this condition as a result of playing rugby. So something's going to have to change. I know that they are obviously aware of, of, um, of these issues and are, are trying to make changes to the game to, uh, to I suppose, lessen the risk. Um, but boy, oh boy, maybe it puts things into a new perspective um, for, for the lawmakers uh, and officials um, because they will obviously need to protect themselves, but they, they have a responsibility to protect those who play the game. Um, and a story like Carl's um, will make not only current players think twice, but they'll make parents around the world think twice about their sons and daughters uh, playing playing rugby. If, if this is what the outcome is going to be, you know, that's a huge responsibility to rest on any parent's shoulders. And suddenly we might see, um, you know, kids being turned away from the game because simply the, the perceived risk is too great. Yeah, I think uh, you're both right. And I think it takes, unfortunately, a really high-profile, highly-regarded uh, player um, to, to have a revelation like this for people to just to be reminded. And I, I, 
what the remedy is. I'm, I'm not quite sure in terms of uh, the game and the concussions at this point. I guess they're looking at it very steadfastly, but uh, that is not good. It's not good. Uh, fellas, stay with us, please, if you can. Um, there's some a little bit more rugby uh, to talk about. Um, maybe a change or two at Tottenham too, Pat McKendry, that uh, you might be considering uh, about. Uh, and also the Black Caps. Uh, let's not forget about the Black Caps. They're going okay, aren't they? Big opinions, the panel. Andrew Gordy, Pat McKendry with us this morning. And uh, yeah, Pat, I touched on it. Uh, changes at Tottenham. What do you make of uh, the change of manager there? Well, Smithy, I'll, I'll give you a bit of background. About 20, 22 years ago, um, I saw Tottenham play Chelsea at White Hart Lane in London. And from then on, I was hooked. Uh, for, my, for my sins, and it's been a uh, not not as much a roller coaster ride since because there haven't been that many highs, but there's been a lot of lows. And this season, clearly for Tottenham, has been shocking. And so, you know, the, the, they've acted by sacking Nuno uh, Espirito and uh, their, their manager um, after. Uh, a very poor. Well, they had, he actually had quite a good start to the season, but then it, it all sort of the, the train fell off the rails there, and um, uh, so they've got rid of him. Uh, I think he's made history as being the the, the, the coach um, sacked in the earliest time in the season uh, in the Premier League. Anyway, they've gone to Italy and they've got a new manager, uh, Conte from Inter Milan. So um, presumably onwards and upwards for Spurs, but. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not the only Spurs fan shaking shaking his or her head at the moment around what's been happening at the club. You know, you only have to go back a couple of managers to Pochettino, who, against the odds, took Tottenham to the final of the Champions League, uh, which they lost to Liverpool. But, you know, that, that was an incredible campaign. Um, you know, particularly their victory against Ajax away, where they, they were 3-0 down and came back to draw three all and, and get through on the away goals rule. I mean, that was an incredible moment. That that was a genuine highlight. Um, and so, uh, yeah, think things um, progressed. I've got a new manager now, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Well, Andrew, you're uh, a Man U fan. You're a bandwagon jumper, of course. So you, you'll be on the back of them. You'll be disheartened <laughs> to know. At this, at this very moment, they are struggling again in the Champions League. They're two one down to Atalanta. Uh, so it's not as if it's all champagne and roses for Oli Gunnar either, is it? No, no, not at all, Smithy. And my, I mean, obviously, I must admit, one of the funniest things I've, I've uh, seen on, on social media in the last week is um, you'll obviously know that you know Manchester United were, were embarrassed uh, at home against Liverpool, which which put Oli really under the microscope. And uh, the suggestion was that Conte was being lined up for Manchester United. Uh, obviously, then Manchester United go to Spurs, beat them 3-0. Nuno gets sacked, and, and Conte goes to Spurs. And, uh, yeah, the suggestion was that Oli's playing 4D chess here, and he's, uh, he's well ahead of us all. Um, you know, basically, ta- um, you know, get the, get the opposition manager sacked and take, take the one guy off the market who's pretty much after your job. So pretty clever from him in that regard. But, yeah, certainly um, from Manchester United's point of view, um, you're right, they are trailing this morning. Um, Paul Pogg has been dreadful this morning for Manchester United. Um, you know, there's obviously still time left. Um, you know, United might level things up, but Atalanta might score two more as well. But United have certainly got their problems. And um, I think one thing that's become really clear now, um, you know, you, you look around the league, you've got Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea, and Antonio Conte at Spurs. 
there's, there's a, a strong argument to say that those are the four best managers in world football, all playing, all managing mm. in the Premier League. And Manchester United are sticking with a guy who I would have to say was absolutely the right appointment at the right time after, after Mourinho left Manchester United because the morale was through the floor and you needed someone like Solskjaer who had a connection to the club to, to rebuild in that regard. But I kind of feel like his job is done now and, and he, it's very apparent that tactically he's, he's not really there, um, but they do have a, a very good squad now and they need a manager of that ilk uh, who can take them to the next level. And you could argue that all the ones who could do that are now off the market. So Manchester United are in a, in a bit of a hole, and I, I don't necessarily think that things are going to get better anytime soon. OK, well, it's uh, bad news for you, you Reds fans. Uh, look, uh, Pat, <laughs> Pat Blue... Yeah, it's real sad, isn't it? Um, um, look, the Blues, the Blues, the Blues. We spoke to Anton Segner yep. this morning, who's uh, joining the Blues at the age of 20. What an impressive young man he seems to be. Uh, but the other major announcement I, we felt uh, this week here on the show has been uh, Joe Smith. Uh, they finally got Joe Smith to say, yeah, I want some involvement back in New Zealand rugby as a mentor, so that's a, an interesting signing. Yeah, I think it's a significant one, to be honest. It shows sort of how far the Blues have come in terms of that sort of talent wanting to, to be a part of that franchise. Obviously, Leon McDonald's got them going pretty well. They, they had some success uh, this year. Um, look, Schmidt is a is a very astute coach. Obviously, he did very good things at Ireland. He, he you know, uh, coached them to their first ever win against the All Blacks. Um, he uh, clearly, um, look, I, I, I think he's, um, I think he could do some really good things at the Blues in terms of being a mentor to, to Leon McDonald, who is a work in progress, but is showing really good signs. Um, so yeah, um, look, I think it's um, it, it, it speaks volumes for how far the Blues have come and how, uh, in particular, how ambitious they are. Uh, so um, it's going to be, look, I think it's going to be very interesting next year, isn't it, with Moana Pacifica joining. Um, the Blues are going to have to be successful, I think, in order to uh, keep interest among their supporters, um, some of whom may be quite keen on following uh, Moana Pacifica. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be intriguing, and I think it, it's a very good, uh, very good addition to the coaching lineup. Right, let's go on to the Black Cap scores if we can because they're, uh, they're playing some pretty good cricket. Having said that, they're, uh, they did lose uh, to Pakistan. They played very well against India. And now we've got this uh, two or three little stint against supposed minnows. So what do you do uh, if, if you're the selector? If you're Gary Stead, what do you do? Do you truck on with your, uh, your number one 11, which I assume is the one that played against India, or do you risk and rotate um, and, and try with the likes of Williamson or so uh, to nurse them through if they're carrying niggles. What, what would you do here? I think you'd track on through, personally. Um, you know, I think back to um, the 50-over World Cup um, 2015 here in New Zealand and in Australia. And I can remember right throughout the tournament, uh, second-guessing all the time, like, oh, is this going to be the match where, where we rotate the starting eleven? And... They just never did, and they kept trucking on, and that team built up so much great momentum until obviously, you know, it came undone at the uh, at the final hurdle. I just, I mean, this is a 20, 2020 World Cup. This is not. I can't imagine this is an arduous um, experience for any of the players. Um, I'd like to see them 
um, you know, build up a bit of momentum as a, as a team unit, um, especially when you've you know, got the likes of Daryl Mitchell um, playing at the top of the order and what a revelation he, he has been in that role. Um, fantastic performance the other morning. Um, the only reason I, I could see to, to change things up is if there was a genuine injury uh, to one of those players, but but if, if if not, I say just stick to the stick to the uh, the same recipe because um, yeah, that's that's a winning one at the moment. Who are your favourites, Gords? Look, looking at the performances so far, who are your favourites to win this tournament? Well, I think obviously England have been have been very impressive, but but so have Pakistan. Let's let's face it. So um, I, I think both of those teams that. Look, I mean, the way that New Zealand played against India, and I, you know, you could you could take a shot at India there and say, well, they they simply haven't delivered. It's still India, um, but still a quality side, and um, it probably speaks more to how uh, how well uh, Pakistan have have played to begin this tournament, and obviously how well New Zealand played, particularly the other day. I mean, India are no mucks, right? Um, and and they're they're a high quality lineup, so. Um, yeah, I think those would be those would, certainly England and Pakistan. Um, and yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't rule New Zealand out. If, if you can beat India in that manner, you can probably beat anyone. I, I kind of feel quite comfortable with the Black Caps, Pat, um, all of a sudden. I, I've often been nervous on the big stage about them, but I, there's, there's this air of, uh, of confidence. And I'm not sure whether it's the, the Williamson factor the stead factor or uh, or what it is. But I, I, I just, I like them. I, I, I think they're a big chance here. They, they certainly didn't show many nerves against um, India, did they? Uh, and look, I, I was obviously impressed with, obviously, the, the, the overall contribution from, from every member of the team. Um, but... Yeah, just getting back to, to Mitchell at the top of the order, I think I think that was um, a bit of a roll of the dice from the selectors, which has paid off. Uh, it's paid off because it was the control and the power and game awareness that he shows. Um, yeah, perhaps surprisingly, given his inexperience in that role. But I don't think that the selectors need to do anything too funky from here on. And in terms in terms of rest and rotation, I, I think as Gord said, just truck on as as they're going and and you know and. and Presumably, build some momentum and more form uh, for guys that perhaps need it. I guess uh, Margaret Gaptel, um could do with it with a good knock. But in, in terms of nerves, you're right, Smithy. Um, they, they look nerveless. They look um, like everyone's contributing. Uh, they look comfortable on that on that big stage, and it, and it, uh, it bodes pretty well. It does, uh, gentlemen. Thanks very much for your contributions this morning, uh, Pat uh, McKendry there, Andrew Gordy. Uh, plus hangover uh, was a very good as well, no doubt about it. Uh, so recover well, Gords, recover well, get that eggs, Benny, and the coffee down the throat, and uh, you'll be back to new as, as, uh, in, in no time at all. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you Thank indeed. You, Cheers, guys. Cheers.